You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network. We're back with Season 2, Episode 10. Andy and I break down the Mass Mutual East Division standings, and we will get into the New York Rangers projected lineup, and we will discuss all the things fans should expect to see when the puck drops this week. So, Andy, how are you doing? Um, if I'm being honest, James, I know you usually have something on your chest that you're saving for the podcast. I have something on my chest I need to get off before we before we do talk about anything today. It's a rhetorical question, so you don't don't feel the need to answer me because there's honestly there's no excuse or no answer for this. Why does one of the most uh the the highest the highest listed Forbes uh revenue team in the NHL, an original six franchise, one that is owned the owner owns their own television network. Why in the flying f- can they not uh, stream or televise or show any footage of their, the Rangers playing a scrimmage or even practicing that's longer than a 10 second clip of, of a potato f- like that was you know video captured on a potato from like the rafters of a practice rink? What like what is the what is the excuse? Why does it, every other team you know the, the Toronto Maple Leafs are showing their game on TSN their scrimmage like it's an actual game, and like I've heard so many people come out and say try to like say oh well you know the MSG Training Center is different it's smaller it doesn't have it's like how many years like teams have been doing this for years even if they have to get someone w- to like stand somewhere awkward with like an iPhone and put it on Periscope. Like what? I just, I don't understand. I don't fucking understand it. Like clearly the fans want it. The Rangers are even tweeting out things. Cause you all asked so nicely, like, you know, smiley face, like, you know, grinning emoji. Cause clearly fans are like, yo, show us the stream. And they're like, here's some maybe grainy footage of s- some goals that were scored in the middle. Like what is, why? Like, I just don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, clearly the fans want it. Clearly right now is the time that they're clamoring for content. I guess they just don't give a shit or they just feel like it doesn't it's not worth their time or effort like it's just so frustrating to see every other team in the league is like we're gonna have a live stream or 
we're going to at least, you know, try to upload it later or try to at least if and even if not that, just try to show some video maybe more extensive than like a super cut where like the camera's doing all these different effects, like where you can't even see what's going on. Like I still have, there's still very little outside of that one footage of a goal from a North side of the rink or, you know, a pass he makes. Like that's all the footage of your, you have a first overall draft pick for this only the second time in franchise history. You know, the first since color television was a thing. Like what, like what the f- is going on? Can you answer this for me? I, I have no idea. It's, well, all right, I'll, I'll do my best to try to answer it for you, but obviously I don't think there really is an answer, unfortunately, but look at the teams I root for. The first one, the New York Jets. Ownership, incompetent. The second team, the New York Mets. Ownership, incompetent. We have a new owner, so things could change. Uh, right now, things look pretty good for the New York Mets. The Rangers, and I'll call myself a Knicks fan for the sake of it. I don't know if the ownership is incompetent. I just don't think the ownership gives a shit. I don't think he even realizes he owns the Rangers. I think he probably assumes that because he owns the Knicks, he's he has the Rangers also because they play out of the garden. So he's just like stuck with them. But yeah, he's not going to like throw any extra money to get any camera equipment in there. Um, even though like nowadays, all you need is an iPhone. And yeah. I don't know if it's the Rangers policy I'm sure they'll blame it on COVID because of the outrage, but that's not because of it. If if COVID wasn't a thing right now, you know, there wouldn't be any more footage than there is right now. Am I correct with that? No, you're absolutely right. And like I said, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, like at the devil's training facility or some, you know, if you're practicing in your home arena, you can put a tripod and have a guy distanced and do this. And like the Rangers practice rink is closed in and there's not like, I mean, I've been to the practice rink. I've taken the tour throughout the whole facility. I've been in their weight room. I've been in the offices. I've been, you know, in the, in the rink area. Like there is absolutely no reason. It's not tiny. (laughs) It's like, it's not tiny at all. And in fact, like people that are calling it small, like that's pretty insulting because it's not small. I mean, it's a practice facility for the the Rangers and Knicks. So you can imagine it, it's not like this rinky dink. It's not Rye Playland where the Rangers yeah. used to practice. Well, here's the here's the thing is that we live in an age where you can go online and if you let's say you're sick and you're missing your beer league game, you can go on the internet and access pull up a little camera that automatically pans the ice. Like how come, you know, I can watch uh, our friend Gibby you know, play, you know, him and the river rats take on whatever, like the fucking Trenton uh, Titans or some shit like what, but why can't I watch the Rangers scrimmage, especially if this is what's supposed to take the place. They're tweeting out lineups for a scrimmage. They have no intention of showing except like a super cut of maybe a nice play here or there, which is still like from the other, like you can't even see who's who or what's what. What's the, what's the men's league camera system set up? Barn barnyard or something, yeah, it's something like that. Or a bar, live barn or live barn, yeah, that's what it. Live barn where you can pretty much pay a subscription. You can watch all the men's league games. Why that wasn't installed for this year? And honestly, if the NHL was smart, they would install these in every single facility that that is that will be used during training camp, and fans could pay one dollar subscription uh, for access. Like, wouldn't you do that? Yeah, I would absolutely do that. I would pay the dollar. I'm sure every other fan would pay the dollar. I mean, we haven't had hockey in how long? Some fans haven't had hockey in way longer than us. We're itching. We're scratching 
just for the puck to drop because that's the only time I guess we're going to see the New York Rangers. And and Andy, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. You go on Twitter, there's nothing more than a 10-second clip. And, it, and they only show, like, the one highlight. Like, I want to see, like, the boring... I know, like, the quote-unquote boring stuff, you know? I want to see the scrimmages. I want to see, you know, the puck battles in the corner. You know, everyone keeps saying how Buchnevich looks so good. I want to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. I want to see Ke'Andre Miller. I want to see, you know, Lafreniere. I, I want to see Kako, Heedle. I want to see these guys. And, and you're ab- absolutely right, Andy. Yeah, and listen, I do... I do to jump off of this, I do want to take the time and I really think Rangers fans should be very thankful that at least some of our beat writers, you know, specifically Vince Mercagliano uh, from uh, Lower Hudson, like the fact that he is go- taking the time to, cause you know, all the, the beat writers are watching through a screen at, at their home. They can't be at the rink. So they give those guys a stream. So, you know, a stream of some sort exists. And apparently that stream sucks. As they've said, it's very tiny, hard to make out. But, you know, he's trying his best to give a play by play and take notes. And while he's looking through, you know, so, you know, so Vince, thank you. We appreciate it. And, you know, uh, Colin Stevenson and or Carpinell, whoever is doing that. Thank you. We appreciate it. Molly Walker. Like, that's very nice of you. But it's just it's un, it's ridiculous. And even I think Vince was tweeting out that the stream the Rangers gave them was like cutting in and out. It's just like it just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> like, the and- fact that like if you know, they actually get, you know, you give your, your, the media access to it and it, that stream still sucks. It's like, you just don't care. Like, I don't know, but uh, listen, I think the, like you said, I think, especially with the, the, between the Rangers and the Knicks, I think they're, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're definitely not very, I don't want to say they're, they're just, they're not unfriendly to the media, but I just don't think they're very accommodating. You know, I think as part of it is, that feeling that they don't, they're not entitled to, they don't have to, you know, they already have their legacy and their original six team or the Knicks, you know, they're a historic franchise and they don't have to go out of their way or they don't have to put in the extra effort, you know, cause listen, I don't like feeling envious of the devils of anything, but then when they're like, all right, we got a game coming up live stream incoming and here it is. And it's good quality. And you can see everyone flying around making plays on the ice in nice quality. Like they clearly set up a nice guy, you know, gave or, or gal just gave him a nice tripod with a nice camera and figured out how to hardwire it. Like, it's just so weird. It's because they already have the loyal customers. They're not going to lose us because of this. And it's just, you know, you know, maybe our feelings are a little bit more amplified given the circumstances, you know, us just wanting to see some sort of hockey and the intrigue is there with, you know, Lafreniere. But I don't know. You think the coaching staff said like, you know, maybe we should uh, limit the amount of videotape if we're going to be going over systems and stuff like that. But like, there's no reason why you can't have like at least a five minute clip of the scrimmage that's approved by, you know, somebody to be released to the public. There's no reason. Or, or at least let us watch some flow drills. There's no reason why we can't watch that. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm sorry for derailing the first 10 minutes of our podcast, but I, you know, I've just seen it from a lot of fans. It's just, it's just frustration in that, you know, and listen, I understand like there might be some things we're not aware of, whether it's COVID or even hell, maybe there is something to be said about the layout is like impossible to like set up a person, you know, to take it, especially if they won't let the media in. But, you know, I just, I don't know. I just think that you could figure something out. Like it's like we said, we said of all these, like, it's one of those things that they're like, oh, well, if we can't do it in the quality, we want to do it. Then why do it? We're not going to do it at all. But I just I don't know I'm, if the Bills can figure out how to bring sixty five hundred people into their stadium for a playoff game within a week. I'm pretty sure the Rangers could have figured out how to set up a camera 
Yeah. It's not like you have to bring in a whole crew. It takes, what, one person, two people to set up a tripod that, you know, follows the puck? Yeah. And I know their social media person's all out there because there is there is video that they get at the end. They super cut Yeah. It. It's just weird that they just, you know, it's all, well, and that's the thing. It's always from like, you know, the side of the rink through the boards because they don't, I don't know, unlike some practice arenas, they don't have much like elevated access. Like there's not a built-in catwalk or something. Uh, I don't know. But you could build a scaffold. Like, come on. Oh, there's room for a scaffold. Just, but yeah, yeah. that's all you, you need. Put a painter scaffold and put a put someone on it. You know, have your social, you know, have your social media manager climb the scaffold, and uh, they can just you know pan the ice with their iPhone. Like, I don't. Know. <sighs> Whatever. All right, let's let's get into more more fruitful stuff. But God, it just pisses me off so much. Yeah. So, I, well, I didn't want to address it because now I'm self conscious about it. Uh, if I sound a little bit nasally, I do have COVID, and I want to shout out to Gibby for letting me stay in his home quarantined. Uh, he was actually fighting off COVID as well. Just actually, it was good timing and I didn't want to get anybody else in the household that I was staying in sick. So shout out to Gibby. Cause I know if he'll, he'll listen to this and be absolutely furious if he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. So no, shout he's out. A good, to he's a good man. He, yeah, deserves he, it. he, he does. Um, all right. So what do you want to get into first? Because I feel like we should save the, or mass mutual standings projection more towards the end like sure. after the, you know, just the, the lines and stuff like that. So right now, um, the worst thing for me to see in the last couple days, uh, the worst thing that happened to me in the last couple days has been the announcement that Howden is now just our number one center. <laughs> so I, I mean, I don't even know how to react. It's just like, it's so David Quinn. It hurts. It's Mika's out. We don't even, no one cares that Mika's out. It's, we have Howden. He's there. He's, he's taking the number one seed position. Uh, there is obviously the, all the hype of getting, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, that's my best French Canadian accent to say his name. But, you know, I just feel like everyone's okay with Howden playing number one center except me. And I know Howden's your boy, Andy. So, uh, uh, what what are your thoughts seeing him penciled in a number one seat? So at first, it didn't bother me at first because obviously they do this a lot. You know, if a guy's a fourth line center, and especially if they have people fighting for that bottom six, like Mika, you know, for that first day of training camp or the first scrimmage, we know Mika's out. So they put a guy like Howden, who might be, you know, might not even, yeah, it was clearly had a down season last year, and it's been much has been made of it. Uh, you know, he slots him in that spot. And I say, you know, okay, that's fine. Obviously this is what they do. You don't want to, they're trying to get heat Lafreniere and Gautier chemistry. I understand that Strom and Panarin are, are going to, they're not splitting them up. Uh, understandably good. So that makes sense. But I also thought that at certain times you were going to see other players get slotted in there, you know, but I guess he was impressive enough or he's been, and you know, listen, this is, I, I fully, I a hundred percent cop that, you know, and maybe rightfully so at some times I've been very tough on Brett Howden and what I think of him as a, a national hockey league player in that. I just think he was a guy who was clearly his last two seasons here. I don't think he should have been in the NHL. I think he should have been in the AHL. I want him to pan out. I want him to be a bottom six center for the Rangers because that's good for him. It's good for us. It's good for everyone. But I just think there is a danger in the fact that David Quinn seems to love how hard he competes and how hard he works and that he looks like he's just trying to do so much, but ultimately it leads, you know, it leads to, 
it, it's one of those things where it looks like he's putting out so much effort. So you really, it seems like it's really impressive, but then you look at like what he accomplished when he was on the ice and you're like, Oh, it wasn't much. So, but listen, I'll, I don't, I can't. And that's a, a, to go back to my thing. I start off this podcast with, I don't know how he looks. Apparently he looks much better. You know, he had a great scrimmage, you know, apparently him, Buchnevich have really impressed. Apparently K Andre Miller has impressed. I wouldn't know because again, we have no, there's no, no way to, to, we just have to take, you know, beat writers and, and, the, and David Quinn's comments after, on, after a zoom interview with practice, you know, with a grain of salt. But I, yeah, it just seems that at, you know, it's just obviously you and I are skittish because we've heard this for the last two seasons where it's like, oh, it looks like he's really struggling. And Quinn is just like, you know, likes what he sees or just gives him all the opportunities in the world. Whereas another guy, if maybe he has a bad game or an off night and then he gets pulled or yanked or, you know. And yeah, I just obviously the concern is that this is going to give it seemed like coming to the season. It was like, all right, you know, listen, at the, the Rangers have finally seen that Brett Howden. He's had a rough two seasons, you know, after starting off, maybe his first five game segment in the National Hockey League was good. He he then hit a wall and it was really difficult. And then last season, he had a really down year. And, a, you know, it clearly he's maybe not as ready as everyone thought. So they're finally adjusting their expectations. Not a third line center, Brett Howden. He's most likely a fourth line center in the National Hockey League at this point in time. Um, but, yeah, it just, you know. Quinn is going to loves the kid and he's going to give him any, every chance he can to like raise his stock. And I'm obviously concerned that that will come at the, you know, some questionable lineup decisions will be made because of it. Is he going to be our first line center? No, of course he's not, but obviously that's a little bit of a hyperbole on James's part, but the point, but the point stands is that it's clearly, they want to give this kid every, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, if, if maybe, we, he thinks Meek is going to be good to go. If he's not, like I could see Quinn, like him riding shotgun on a wing or hell. I don't. I don't know. It just it's scary because Quinn really likes the kid and he's got a lot of proving to do to everyone. And and listen and and like I said, in fairness to Brett, he said he's his own. He knows he wasn't good last year, and he's his own harshest curse. He know he needs to work on stuff. And you know, I guess it's, I don't know if it's technically his fault that they keep putting him in these premier positions that he's probably not ready for you know he just wants to prove it and he's trying his best but it's just yeah man like i just yeah you know you see him all the the praise that comes out of him like lining up in a practice game on the first line and then you just start to see the wheels turning quinn's head and you just get yeah it's scares me yeah, and it's a learning lesson for all the kids out there. You know, if you're a father listening to this, if you're, you know, a kid listening to this playing, you know, youth hockey, high school hockey, college hockey, just remember, just know your role, listen to the coach, have good body language, because eventually you'll be the number one center for the New York Rangers, uh, according to David Quinn. Because, you know, looking at uh, what happened to Leah Anderson. There's no difference other than Leas Anderson was never given an opportunity and Brett Howden has given has been given every single opportunity plus some. You know, it it's just it's really concerning that, you know, the love and praise that this kid is getting. I don't know if it's listen, I understand I understand the position that the Rangers are in. You don't want to mess around with the other two lines. But there's no way that you're telling me that Howden has solidified himself as the backup number one center right now with Mika being out that you can't have a rotation going like th- there should be some sort of rotation. I mean, last year they penciled in DiGiuseppe, uh on the first line, 
you know, and and he was great. But I'm not saying that Jesus Seppi needs to beat the center, but I'm just saying, for example, you're at training camp. Let the younger guys jump up there and and play in that. Why do we just give everything to Howden and that's it? There's no other option out there. It's just it's really concerning how much we love this kid, and we're gonna go down. We're gonna go down with the ship with with Howden no matter what, and that's that is very concerning to me. Uh, he stinks. I don't even know if he really understands where he is in the lineup at times. Just like looking at his face when when he gets off the ice and is sitting on the bench, he just kind of is like, "Okay, I'm playing hockey today. This is fun," and that's that's the vibe I get from him. I could be totally wrong. And in fact, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I eat these words just like I hope I eat my words with Kreider. But you know, I'm usually right about these things, and I just don't see how praising Howden, giving them all these opportunities is like is the best thing for the New York Rangers right now. I, I really do think there should be a rotation at that top line center. And, you know, especially if you're expecting Mika to come back because, you know, with Mika coming back, then you, there's no reason to have, have not give those other guys experience playing with that top line. There just isn't, you know, now you're just being, you know, kind of selfish and hurting the other kids development you know, throw who knows what you have with that uh with those guys. So um yeah, it's just really frustrating for me because I just don't like the kid. I don't think he's ready for the NHL and and God, you know, I think we both feel the same way about him and I think we both really, really hope we're wrong. So uh you know that's concerning. And uh the next one is our defense. Um it seems like Fox and Lindgren are solidified as a pair. And I, I think they're even going to be living together. Yeah. They got an apartment together, which make with good. makes sense. You know, you're going to, you're going to have to spend all that time alone. And I guess either of them aren't, uh, don't have a significant other, then yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And then or maybe uh, they do. And I, I don't know what their situation is, but yeah, listen, that's I'm sure they, <laughs> I'm sure they both can afford a big enough apartment for four people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but still, it's yeah, it's nice. Obviously, it's nice to know they that that is they yeah they. Lindegren, I had my concerns last season, and he actually impressed me. I still don't think ultimately, without Fox being the caliber player he is, that Lindegren is anything more than maybe a third pairing defenseman. But he played his role to absolute perfection with even some surprise. He showed me some surprising skill at times and scored some some nice goals. You know, every time we played the Islanders, I thought he did a lot of good things, and I like that he gets up for those games. You love the physicality and the toughness. You know what I mean? Obviously, you just want to see him back it up and not just, you know, have uh, <laughs> just have enough substance to go with the style. And yeah, he clearly does. So I'm happy in that. But uh, yeah, just looking at it. Yeah, it's weird. It seems that the at least for the time being, that experiment of uh, Tony playing on the left with Truba, they had one scrimmage at, and it seemed that his team got pretty much caved in. So and then they stopped it. So who knows if that's, you know, if that's already been put to to rest but we don't know yeah the with Lindgren you know I think his his qualities and attributes are going to be amplified this season I think they're going to be really relying on him to be a physical force and I think between him and Truba and maybe Smith uh, I guess what are Smith getting penciled in all this is he just the third line like he kind of it looks like they kind of rotate him in and out I haven't seen him anywhere specifically I mean all we the only the only people that are locked into that decor is as Tony Truba, you know, um, Lindegren and Fox. And honestly, 
it seems at that bottom pair, whether it's Johnson, Andre, who was impressed apparently, and they really liked what they saw. Even Quinn would went out to say that he, he did see the fact that he was kind of forcing their hand to maybe make a case for the, the lineup, which is good. We should love hearing that as Rangers yeah, fans, obviously, absolutely. but you know, but uh, Batetto, uh, Hayek, you know, Tamo Reunion. And so, um, that's yeah, a lot of competition. Obviously they're going to have the taxi squad, but it's, uh, yeah, you just, I, outside of those four, I really haven't, and that's a problem. Again, we don't know, there's not really enough to, for us to glean really about what the, what the roster is going to look like at open night. The rain, we're recording this on a Sunday morning, uh, and this podcast comes out tomorrow, tonight, the Rangers are playing, they have a 7 p.m. scrimmage, and I'm sure there'll be more new notes from that, and this could kind of solidify what they, that what they maybe want to see going into Thursday. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll have more information after that. But yeah, it's kind of, it does seem like that bottom pairing is wide open, and it. I yeah, I, who knows? I don't know if they've if they're going to try to go back to Tony and Truba or maybe make some adjustments. But uh, yeah, I don't know. For for whatever reason, it seems like it wasn't going the way they had hoped, and uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, geez, you remember the Carolina Hurricanes game? With Tony and Truba, I mean the infamous yeah, clip. Yeah. I mean, it's just hard to mentally get over that sometimes. Uh, yeah, you know, I know we spoke before, like you know, briefly via text about like the bottom pairing. I don't mind having a rotation in there. Listen, if Keandre Miller plays right and he gets mm-hmm. a starting position to start the season, there's no doubt in my mind. A quarter of the way through the season, he's going to hit a wall, and you're going to see his play actually probably start to deteriorate. Only because teams figure you out the grueling, you know, everyday grind of an NHL season is something that he's never seen before. And it's just, I think, a natural process that a lot of players go through, especially their rookie season. I mean, not many players, you know, obviously the first round draft picks and stuff like that can come in and they play. But you also do see a lot of them come and hit a wall. I mean, look at look at Kako. You know, he came in. You know, he played okay, and it's just like it's a tough season. You know, you very inconsistent, and that's I think, you know, something that Keandre Miller is going to have to deal with. It's not that he's not good enough or anything. It's just like there's natural progression that every player has to go through, and especially rookies. And you know, if he's expected to start in the lineup, don't expect him to be an all star right away. You know, he's going to go through growing pains because nothing that Quinn can do right now. Um, at practice could, um, you know, replicate an NHL, uh, you know, game. So again, I want to see rotation on the bottom pairing. Uh, if it means bringing in Brendan Smith, you know, I, I want to see physicality. I want to see, you know, uh, a pairing that can muck it up and just grind out, uh, you know, and chew up minutes and, and, and leave, you know, a little bit more room for the, the top two pairs to, you know, I don't know be a little bit more offensive and open-minded with their game. So, um, yeah, that's all I pretty much have about the defense. It's just, you know, it's just, a, I guess, a wait and see. I mean, we don't, we don't, we haven't seen anything. So I guess we're, you and I are going to have to just wait until the games to really see these guys in action. Yeah. And, you know, I will say this watching the Knicks, uh, to start the season as I usually do. Uh, they've actually been pretty good. You know, they lost the other day, but uh, they've been, yeah, they're still above 500 and they've surprised. I like their, you know, the young core they're putting together and it seems MSG has done a very good job broadcasting those games. So uh, 
I'm obviously I'm not so much concerned about what it's going to once we can finally watch them in action and without the fans and all that. I, you know, I'm going to be so pumped to finally actually have some tangible Rangers hockey to experience, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, it's uh, clearly listen, I know that it's really hard with, you know, even preseason games. It's hard to glean from that. And when especially when you're scrimmaging against your your own teammates in place of that and you're you're trying to compete. But at the same time, you're not really like you don't have in your headset because even in a preseason game, you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to lay in this guy, but I'm not breaking my, you know, my, I'm not accidentally like twisting my, rotating my ankle in a preseason game. You know what I mean? So, and now instead of like other teams make that your teammate. So you just there, yeah, there's mental hesitation. So, and they're not playing all out. And then that's the problem is that because of the shortened season on Thursday, uh, they are expected to hit the ground running, you know? And you can't, every game's going to be important. So it's going to be quite a shift. So they, you know, you have to hope they're ready. Yeah. So uh, looking at our forwards, obviously the second line is, you know, what you saw last year in Strom, Panarin, and, and well, now Kako is going to be on there. Uh, I, I have faith in that line. I think they're just going to be okay. Um, uh, you know, I think they're going to be great and put up numbers, but it, they're going to be fine to the start of the season. The third line, uh, obviously, is getting a lot of hype. A lot of people love it. I'm worried that too many people love it, that they're actually going to stink to start the season. What are your thoughts on Hedl centering Lafreniere and Gauthier? Well, the good news is, you know, Hedl, you know, I think that my, I think Hedl is a great, obviously he's, people forget how young he still is, right? I think he's, he's 21 still. Uh, And he's, you know, he's a great He's great at skating the puck up the ice by himself. He's great at one-on-one plays. He's hard to stop. You know, he moves, he skates very well for his size. And he's improved, you know, a little bit. Maybe not the the pace Ranger fans would like, but again, you forget how young he is. Uh, And the one thing I think Heedle doesn't, you know, is maybe not the best at is utilizing his teammates. Give and go plays, playmaking. But every year he's gotten added a little bit more to his game. And the beauty of it is that if anyone is like, Having Lafreniere in your wing is like having a playmaking center, but just on the wing. You know, he's the right. one of those rare wingers that, if everything goes to plan, he can, he can stir the Drake from the wing. He can make drive a line. He can make plays, and I think that plays to both uh, Heedle and you know uh, both Heedle and uh, Julian Gauthier's skill sets. Gauthier is big. He kind of leaves a. We saw a few plays last season. They at times they'd put him with Panarin or put him with uh, Mika or you know, and he uses that big body and he kind of like a boat. He kind of leaves a big wake behind him because he's a big you know. A, he drives the up the ice and he leaves little pockets. He's good at little dishes to the guy behind him. So that's good. He plays kind of and you know, Heedle has impressed me how much better he was at board battles last season. He's bigger and stronger now. He you know that's a that's a lot of meat on that line already despite the, how young they are. You know what I mean? Gautier is a, is a, you know, like Kreider is a, is a, well, he's a, a monster. He's a monster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Heedle, we forget cause he's always hunched over on the ice and he looks like he's wearing, Heedle always looks like he's wearing like a uh, hockey gear. He got from like a, like out of the, the bin where it's like, you know, free hockey gear, take it here. It looks like he's growing out of it at every moment. Yeah. He holds down. You forget how big he is. He's, you know, his, he's a, he's a big kid and he's really lanky, but now you can see he's putting on muscle and he's working out and he gets stronger. So, and, yeah, and obviously Lafreniere, what, what Kreider said, he did, he's a lot thicker than you know every other nineteen-year-old I've ever met. You know, he's Lafreniere, ha, you know, has has better facial hair at nineteen than you know I had until I was uh, you know 
I don't know, damn near 30, right? He's got, so, he's got better facial hair than Crosby. Still. That's true. That's very true. So, yeah, Lafreniere is just, he's a different, you know, he's already, a, he's a pro-ready body. So, yeah, I think I think it can work. You know, you saw, they showed Lafreniere making that beautiful feed to Heedle, to Heedle on the one-timer. And apparently Heedle said he was working on his shot. Because that was the one thing I thought he's just, you know, he's a great one-on-one player. Good at rollouts from the corners, but. He uses, a, you know, I don't know. He just doesn't get a lot of whip on his shot or it's very direct or it's easy to mark. And if he can get more of a shooter's mentality, you know, especially with a guy like Lafreniere, who's just one of, the, I don't know anyone who's really, you know, at least in the last few years who, who passes the puck through high danger areas better than Lafreniere. You know, you saw that goal, a little pump fake close to the net and then just perfectly threads it through feet, you know, through the slot to Heedle, who's just ready to hammer it home. Like, if they can do that, you know, connect multiple times this season, I don't see why that's not good for all parties involved. So, but at the same time, I understand what you're saying. Sometimes you're like, is, you know, heel and Gauthier for all their, they're maybe not the most cerebral players. So you, you worry about, will that help them play with such a, you know, a guy with a processor like Lafreniere? I'm not really quite sure, to be honest. If we saw, if I saw uh, practice footage or, you know, scrimmage footage, I'd be able to make that for sure. But yeah, it's kind of unknown for me. It could go good. It could not go good. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's it, on paper. It's interesting. And it's like it's one of those things that I think it's either doesn't work or it's the thing that uh, pushes, you know, ev- everyone on that line forward. So you like hockey? Congratulations. You're amongst the smartest sports fans in the world. Want to fight about it? Join me, the hockey troll, and that snack poly cupcakes every Monday and Thursday on the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL, your Washington Capitals. Not only do we bring you the best Washington Capitals coverage, but we've got the hottest takes and the tastiest content. Tune in wherever you get your podcast and at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Chirp us on all social media platforms at Caps Chirp. See you beauties and vendors there. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you, what do you think one thing you're worried about Lafreniere entering the season? Like, what what's the one thing that could really hurt his game and maybe uh, throw him off? Uh, you know, you know, just throw him off, off key. Well, you just listen. Like, I think it's like everyone. You don't have the time and space like you do at lower levels. You have to do things quicker. He is a guy that is very good at utilizing his skill set to advance the puck forward, even if he runs out of runway. And he can just—he just has this unconscious ability to do things and make little nifty plays to open up seams, like you know, misdirection with his body, how he handles the puck. But there's, you know, this is the the, the top hockey league in the world, and you don't have time and space. And some of the the cute cheeky stuff you had time to pull off when you were you know, younger or or at lower levels of especially junior hockey, you don't have. So that could definitely be a factor how much less time he has. You know, he's not, he's a, he's a, he's a perfectly good skater. I would say he's maybe slightly above average, you know, he's pro average NHL skater, but you know, you just, the good thing is when he gets going, he's still pretty fast and he's always been strong on his feet and strong on the puck. But yeah, I think that it's at the same time, if he's a guy who can't get into the flow of, you know, you see him hit the line and then he can kind of either curl out or go to the corner and make his plays cross ice, which he loves to do, or even just, you know, he's very good at exploiting gaps quickly, or at least that he was in the queue. But 
it's just different. Like, you know, NHL defenders don't fall for the same thing. I think you're line, you're much more line. He's going to be much more line mate dependent, you know? And that's what I was going back to what I was saying about Heedle is that as good as you are, you know, it's even, even McKinnon can't do everything by himself, even though he can, at times he can, or Panarin can, but it's not going to be as much like I just quickly undressed you and then I just do a quick one, two deke on the goalie. You know, he might get one of those. He might get one, you know, maybe three, four, if he's lucky with those a season. But for the most part, it's going to be about you're going to draw focus and you're hoping your line mates can put it away for you. If you're going to try to drive that line, you know, because I, like I said, I don't know how much faith I have in a Gauthier or Heedle making a, a, a nice, you know, a nice play and pulling guys, uh, you know, out of position and Lafreniere slipping in. I think he's going to be counted to drive that. If he's playing on the third line, I think he's going to be counted to drive it, which I don't know. And I, I still don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Do you let him ease in? Uh, or do you just let him, you know, let him just start uh, maybe at the sake of less ice time, but get easier matchups and hopefully learn how to just command the ice when he's on early. So uh, I, yeah, I really don't know. I, I don't have a straight, it's not a good answer. I just don't, I really don't know. I'm, but I'm interested to see. Yeah. I, I think he's going to, I think he's going to have to be a little bit more explosive, especially in tight spaces. Cause in the NHL, they close the gap very, very quickly. And defensemen are just not going to give him the space and time that he's had. Uh, and you know, in the prior leagues that he's played in and listen, he, I mean, he's dominated absolutely every single league he's ever played in and, you know, his numbers are crazy and he's just, you know, he was, you know, he's an NHL player for sure. But again, this is like the big leagues. And when you're going to be going up against the Philadelphia Flyers, the, you know, the Washington Capitals and the Boston Bruins uh, on a weekly basis, you're going to have to figure things out and you're going to have to figure them out quickly because those teams are going to suffocate you and they do a really good job, you know, just limiting your you know time and space in the offensive zone. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's going to have to he's going to have to, you know, really figure out puck possession. Uh, especially playing with those two guys, because those two guys are not going to be setting him up all the time. I think you hit the nail right on the head when he said, you know, Heedle, his strong suit isn't, you know, his uh, uh, playmaking ability. You know, yeah, playmaking ability and the give and goes with, with his line mates. He kind of likes to drive the play himself, which, you know, if he's willing to get into open space and, and uh, you know, Lafreniere, maybe they do have good chemistry and they, they do, you know, a couple tic-tac-toe plays uh, that are really nice, but you know, again, it's going to be a learning process. I said the same thing with Kyandre Miller, like they might have early success and they might look really good and then hit a wall. And, and that's something to be expected. And, you know, I'm not downplaying Lafreniere or his impact on the team, but you know, it's just one of those things where, you're going to have to look out for it because I think it happens to every single player, especially rookies. So, um, but I am excited. I am excited that uh, they're giving those three guys a chance. I really do like the look of that line. Uh, if they play within themselves and then within their own skill set, I think they'll be just fine playing as a third line and not really being depended to put up crazy numbers, especially in the beginning of the season. Um but other than that, uh, you know, the fourth line is kind of a toss up to me. I'm not married to anybody in, the, in that position. Obviously, it would have been nice to just see Howden as the fourth line center. Uh, but that's, 
not happening right now. But what what do you think as the the possible wingers? Obviously, you got Lemieux, who's going to have to bring a physical aspect to the game. Um, I can also see if Gauthier uh, struggles a little bit, I can see Lemieux filling in uh, for him on the third line. Uh, but what do you see as the fourth line? Uh, it's tough. You know, Baron Morgan Barron, who we've talked a lot about, has seemed to have gotten praise from Quinn. So I think, and he's versatile, so I think they're going to love that. So I, I there is a chance that the, I think he has a chance of starting on the fourth line. I I really haven't, you know, like I said, I haven't heard enough about I haven't heard any praise of, you know, guys like Rooney or uh, I know Austin Ruschiff, uh scored a goal the other, you know, uh, at the last scrimmage. But like I like I said, I don't really don't have a lot to go off of. And there's a lot of people competing down there. You have, you know, it, in like we said, in, in honesty, it's between, you know, you have a guy like, uh, you know, you have a guy like Brendan Smith, who is at times played on the fourth line. Yeah. You have uh, Baron, you have Ruschoff, you have... Um, uh, yeah, we're, we're Brett Howden, who I know right now he's pencil, you know, he's first line at, in our scrimmages, but you know, he's fighting that Brendan Lemieux, uh, Kodorenko, you know, Kevin Rooney, like, and then you have some AHL guys who are, who are at camp who are trying to, you know, crack in Tim Gettinger. Like, it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of competition. I really don't know how it shakes out. Um, there's a part of me that thinks Rooney is going to end up on the fourth line because they clearly have a commitment to being harder to play against, at least defensively. So I think they, you don't go out and get him without talking to Quinn and without it being, you know, or I don't think he's a guy you, you, uh, you sign without, you know, express purpose that like he's going to factor into your lineup, especially on your PK. So I think he is there. I, you, you have to imagine they want Lemieux in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, it's just, there's still a lot of, that's still a lot, a lot of bodies out, but I think, you know, who knows, maybe the taxi squad, they don't really worry about it so much. They just get an idea in their head, what they think might be the best for the opening line. But knowing that if it's not working, well, there's another guy ready to step up and wait in the wings. So yeah, the, the, those first, that first five to 10 game segment is going to be pretty fascinating in terms of like who's in and out and like what adjustments they make because this, yeah, this training camp's not long enough. You don't have any preseason action to go off of just scrimmages. And like we, again, it's just not the same thing. Like, you know, it's just hard to replicate. Yeah. And, you know, I could see in the beginning, obviously, Kevin Rooney has some, a lot of NHL experience. So does Howden. So does Lemieux. You know, it's, it's just one of those things where I think it's easy just to, let's just start off with those guys. Let's get all the, you know, rookies and, and the other guys in the taxi squad, let them, let them see what the NHL is all about. Let them see, you know, what life is living as an NHL player, kind of get used to it and, and go from there and, you know, kind of ease them into the lineup throughout the season. Uh, I would imagine the taxi squad is good even within the playoffs too, right? If they Uh, were to get there. I'm not sure. I think so. I, you know, I don't know if they're going to change once, you know, because they still had a lot of things up in the air, especially like how that's going to play out. But um, you would imagine, I'd imagine so it would be the same rules just going in. I don't know if they're going to change, uh, you know, waiver requirements or anything like that. I have no idea, but yeah, I'd imagine so. Right. It doesn't it doesn't really make sense to change it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, again, well, I'm just saying like, you know, eventually they're if say they make the playoffs, they're going to want the lineup that they're used to playing every single day entering the playoffs so maybe there won't be as much rotation if they if the nhl doesn't allow a taxi squad throughout the playoffs uh so 
uh, that's just one thing to look out for. I, I mean, I'm with you. I'm sure they're allowing it, but, uh, you know, if they don't allow it, expect, you know, the second half of the season, if the Rangers are right there, to go with a little bit more of a consistent lineup instead of a, a platoon on that fourth line. Uh, all right. And then goaltending, any any word on goaltending? I haven't really seen anything that's like good no, or bad. Well, just I mean, the, we know, we oh. know, let's, we, we know Gurriev got lit up. His team got lit up. He for six goals in that scrimmage. Uh, you know, I, I, even though I don't, I, don't, like I, scrimmages, I, I don't know if this changes anything. I think the plan is always going to be, you know, because of it's going to, I think it's going to be a, uh, like a 60, 40 split. Hell, I might even say it might even be closer to, you know, to, uh, 55, 45 between with, you know, the nod going towards Shesterkin and the, but then Gurgiev. Like, I just think it's because of how quick the games are going to be coming. It's going to be like that, you know? It's just, uh, I, I I don't think this changes anything. I don't think it's like, I think, you know, we don't, I don't know if Gurgiev is in their long, long-term plans, but he's definitely in their right now plan. And, you know, who knows, maybe they get closer to the, the deadline or, and it's clear they're not making it or they just can't, you know, they're not going to make the, the play, you know, the playoffs and they, they deal them. But I just think the plan is by no matter what the plan was for be, those guys are going to, uh, yeah, those guys are going to play and they're going to try to split times evenly as possible just to keep them both fresh, you know, with maybe a little bit more of the games going to Shesterkin and yeah, especially after, you know, him only giving up one goal to the six uh, Georgiev gave up and, uh, albeit a scrimmage, just that whole team didn't look good. So, yeah, I don't think it changes much. Yeah, and, uh, you know, again, I agree with you. I think they're going to be actually pretty evenly um, uh, split uh, games, game-wise, between, you know, starting. I think it's just important, the longevity, uh, the the season, how new it is uh, coming in straight, going straight into games and not getting any, you know, preseason games under their belts. So, I would imagine all goaltenders in the beginning might struggle a little bit just from, again, you can't really replicate a, a game like situation without, uh, um, without playing it. So, okay, let's get into a little mass mutual standings projections. I know we've seen them across the hockey podcast network. We've seen them across all, you know, all, all social media accounts covering the NHL. Um, so let's get into a little bit of, of our, you know, breakdown of what we see where the final standings are projected. I'm not doing any points, though, because I think that's just like too crazy. I, I'm just going to do the final standings <laughs> within the teams. I mean, some right. guys are given like wins and stuff like that. It's just like I, uh, I'm not guessing wins. I mean, that's way too much. And in then. <laughs> All right. So so how do you want to do this? Do you want to? Do you want to give you go back and forth? Do you want to give your full standings top to bottom or bottom to top or top to bottom? Um, let's how, uh, how about, well, let's, how about this? How about we start from, from last the, place to first place and we go back and forth? You got it. That's actually that work. Yep. All right. Um, now I think I wouldn't, I'd imagine that. Well, actually, I don't know. Cause I know that there's a few teams that you're maybe not so high on, but uh, I'll start. My last place team, unsurprisingly is the New Jersey devils. I mean, uh, and I'm sure we'll hear what you have to say in a bit. I just, you know, I actually like a lot of the moves they made and who knows, you know, there's been talk that Lindy Ruff is, impl- is trying to implement a new system that no one's ever seen before. But, uh, 
yeah, I just look at Lindy Ruff and I look at that team and I just, you know, I'm obviously you, hopefully Jack Hughes. Well, not, I mean, I say, I say this as a hockey fan, not a Rangers fan, but you would, I, their fans are hoping Jack Hughes can, uh, can bounce back, but you know, Nico Heischer has been hurt. I think he's going to play starting night for them, but even if he's coming off of something that he might not hit the ground running. Uh, so that's going to be huge for them. Really the only guy, you know, Kyle Palmieri has got to pull a lot of weight on that team right now. You know, I just, and Subban even had a down year. I just don't, I'm not convinced that he's, uh, you know, even if he bounces back a little, I just don't think he is what he once was. And yeah, I mean, they got Sammy Votnin back, so that helps definitely because he's a pretty good uh, second pairing defenseman. But yeah, they're just, their decor doesn't really, yeah, you know, it doesn't really uh, do anything for me. And just you look at the, the forward core and they have some good pieces here and there, but ultimately it's just a whole lot of, eh, so, but you know, that's to be expected. They're, they're kind of retooling and they're a little bit behind the Rangers. You know, they've had, they had a, I liked outside of the, uh, um, the Mukahama Doolin pick. I could like, you know, some of the players they picked up in the draft. So, and they have, you know, Ty Smith could, could surprise and be very good for them. And who knows, maybe another year, uh, Nikita Gusev takes even an, another step, even though he's a little bit older than you might uh, think, but yeah, I just, it's just not enough for me. And they're my last place team. Yeah. I think it's a pretty easy call to put them dead last. Uh, whenever a coach, you know, comes in saying that he's, he's come on with a whole brand new system that you've never seen before. You can pencil that team into, uh, that system that they've never seen before is called tanking. So they can get the first pick overall, the devils ain't doing shit with that new system. The new system doesn't exist. I, I just think that, you know, they're so they're just not there yet to compete anywhere within this division. Goaltending is questionable. Now with Corey Crawford retiring Blackwell, I said from the beginning, they should have just drafted Askarov and, and, and solidified their goaltending for the future, but nobody listens to me. So uh, the devils again are going to be just bottom feeders. I think, they're top heavy in their lineup. I, don't, I think they don't have very good forward depth and they're going to be relying on their quote unquote all-stars to, uh, you know, do way too much within this division to, to win games and get points. And again, I just don't see them uh, really competing uh, for a playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, all right. Moving oh. on. All right. Do you want to go first? Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll go first this time. Oh, cool. We'll uh, uh, my next is is the Buffalo Sabers. I don't think it's a huge shock that they're at the bottom of the standings. Uh, look for them to be at the the top about fifteen games in, and then just the epic collapse all the way to the second to second to last place. Again, I believe that they're top heavy. They they just don't seem to be able to uh, figure things out mid season. I I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's an ownership thing or just the culture that up there, but it's a losing franchise. Uh, I feel bad for them because they do have some really good players that they can build around, but they just don't seem to be able to find those, you know, tier two, tier three guys to fill in the gaps for consistency. And they kind of fall off the map. I'm curious to see what Olofsson does this year is he going to be able to put up the same numbers as he did last year they're going to have to if they're going to be re- relevant I know they added Taylor Hall but that guy seems to be a little bit of a cancer so that, does that hurt them even more uh does Jack Eichel check out if they don't get off to a hot start and 
you know, it's just there's so many question marks around this team right now. I I don't even know who their goalies are. I there's just yeah, yeah I, I again there's they're one big question mark, and I guess they have the talent to maybe fight for a playoff spot, but I just don't see that happening. Yeah. I think everything you said is spot on and I don't have, I don't have them making the playoffs, but uh, they're not my seventh place team in the okay. East James. All right. And this, you know me, I'm not, I don't make hot takes lightly. Um, my, my seventh place team is the New York Islanders. Wow. Yes. Now bear with me here and listen, I don't, I don't want, uh, you know, cause we have two Islanders uh, <laughs> flavored podcasts on the hockey podcast network, uh, you know, Shout out to Isles Never Say Die and Bar Down Breakdown. All good guys, even you know, even the grumpy old man. But uh, I just, you know, you, I just don't like. Yes, it's nice they get now they have a tandem of Varlamov and and even though he hasn't played a game yet, Sorokin. So you think that should be better, but it's just the same time they weren't going into le- the the plans. They were just they were on the downswing. They were good once they had time to recharge in the bubble, but they're yet they're just. Again, they're older. They lose their arguably one of their best, if not their best defenseman in Devontae's. Uh, yeah, they lose, even though he wasn't, maybe he wasn't too much of a needle mover, but they lose Derek Brassard. So I just, they, they didn't really bring anyone in. Like, I just don't, you know, the problem has always been, it's like those guys, it's like, it's like, oh, you know, Jordan Eberle is, at like you know your Nelsons and your, uh, you know what's his Anders Lee like these guys are on the they're done downslope by now and your Josh Bailey's it's just I don't know it's just I don't think it's like and yes I willingly acknowledge that Trotz might be the best coach in the National Hockey League tactics wise and getting to play so if they play in those systems they'll still probably win some games but I'm just I have a feeling that it just might not be enough you know especially in. I think with the, the number of games, I just, especially because they're not going to be able to play uh, Sorokin every night, or if they try to, it might not be the best idea. And Verlamov has been good at times, and he's been bad. He's had, you know, if you look at his career history, it's a little up and down. Um, but I don't know, man. It's just Buffalo, I think there is something there. I think they have something more to prove, where I think the Islanders might have a little bit, I don't want to say unearned confidence, but it's like, I don't think that's one of those things like people are counting us out again or we're the underdogs or we're going to show everyone and we're going to, but I just bars like they have Barzell playing a brand of hockey that doesn't maximize what he does best. And I just don't see any of the, you know, how good is Noah Dobson going to be? Can he, is he ready to shoulder a bigger burden? Who knows? I don't, I'm not really quite sure. I don't, I don't really know. I haven't paid too much close attention. I don't know if Kiefer Bellows is like going to step in or, you know, clearly they're done with Josh Hosang. Like I just, you know, I just don't, I don't see it. I just, I'm sorry. I just don't. So I have them uh, seventh on my list. Well, that's convenient because I have them sixth on my list. So they were, I have them penciled to finish above the Buffalo Sabres. Um, So I can go into my reason right now. Um, Hold on. I'm getting a phone call, but all right. Anyway. So, yeah, you know, the Islanders are going to be interesting. I just don't see the system of scoring two goals and allowing one working out this year. So with that being said, I don't I don't know if they're going to be able to get the amount of points to be fighting for a playoff spot. I think they're going to be playing for the ties and, and kind of losing constantly. I mean, 
geez, you look at their forward depth, where is it? You look at their, you know, defensive depth, where is it? Their goaltending should be solid. But again, I don't know. This season's going to be a grind. And there's a lot of turnover this year with back-to-back games. And everything's, you know, scrunched up. And I give, you know, their coaching credit to get to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Uh, Is Barzell going to be fully motivated to really carry this Islanders team again? Uh, You know, interesting holdout. I don't know what that was really all about, you know. Again, I I have a lot of question marks with the Islanders. They don't have a home rink, really. They're just a weird organization that, you know, they're lucky they have trots because I think they'd be in really, really big trouble. You know, they're an older team, and they lost some of their good players from last year. And, again, a, a big question mark. They're just like the Buffalo Sabres to me. Uh, you know, they could be solid, but I just don't see where they're going to, you know, pick up consistent wins in this division if they're not playing you know the devils every night yeah and uh you know it's uh to your point it's just i yeah i just don't you know i think the success playing that system i think a lot of it is even if you don't have a lot of skill you at least have to be attentive and hit your marks and, you know, be in those spots. And I just think as Andy Green gets older and as a hell, even a Matt Martin, it just, I feel like the, you lose a step and it's just easier to get exploited and harder to just keep up. And, you know, you're asking a lot of maybe young guy, you lose uh, Johnny Boychuk, you lose Devontae's and now you're asking Dobson to show their bigger load. And you're, you know, I don't know who's next up on their depth chart or whatever, but it's just, yeah, it's just, you're asking. Yeah. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I think I just don't, like you said, it's just, I don't know if, if it's the, that, that brand of hockey is going to work for them right now. But listen, Trotz is, like I said, he is a very good coach. And I think he, I, I'm not saying they can't make the playoffs. I'm just saying, I just don't think they will, but that doesn't mean they can't, you know, I think they're definitely right. capable. I don't know if the, I don't think the devils are capable, but I, it's not that they're, the Islanders are not capable. I just, the, the likelihood, I just don't see it, unfortunately. Right. Um, you know, I obviously had, or not obviously, but I like, I just had Buffalo at six where you had, and I, you know, we, we kind of spoke about them as that. Yeah. I, I like the, some of the, the additions they made in the off season. I like the fact if you have Eric Stahl as your second line center, I think that helps him. He's still, even though he's older, he's still pretty good. He's what he's coming off of a, uh, you know, he, uh, what he almost scored 40 goals two seasons ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he's still, his metrics are still somewhat respectable, especially if you have him as a two punch and he's a veteran presence and he's got a, he's won a cup before with Carolina. So yeah. And yeah, he was good. I don't think he, he was good in Minnesota. I don't think he ever really disappointed, which it was kind of people are scratching their heads there. They thought it was good for Buffalo, but you know, Rasmus Dahlin is not that he's already been poised to break out. Uh, he's gotten better every year. You know, if he's gets as much ice time as he can get, it can be good. Yeah. I think they clearly have some depth problems, but they did at least help solidify things down the middle a bit. And maybe that helps. Maybe it just, that's just enough to push maybe some of those guys who are playing a little bit above their heads down. You know, you have Skinner, Taylor Hall, uh, um, uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah. Uh, Reinhardt. His name was escaping me. I almost said, said Moran um but yeah so they have like I said they have you know they have they have some top six talent and obviously Eichel almost in the first half almost seemingly willing them tried to will them into in but if he doesn't have to shoulder as much of the load maybe that helps but 
yeah, it's just still an uphill. It's yeah. I don't know. I still think they need more time to cook. And unfortunately for them, I don't know if that sits well with Jack Eichel, but uh, yeah, I just think it's going to be not enough. So uh, yeah, but like you said, they're definitely talented enough. They have the talent to do it. It's just, you know, it's kind of, it's, they're, they're fighting more than just the other teams they are kind of fighting on top of that. They have to fight the stigma that's followed them for the last decade. And that's a lot. It's a hard ask, especially in a season like this, where you don't have a lot of time if things start going backwards immediately, you know? Yeah. And you know, again, this is going to be a really tough division to play. You're going to have to be a little bit consistent to earn points. And that's the one problem I think we see with this cluster of teams that we've that are, you know, just sitting just outside the playoffs. Are they going to be consistent enough to earn points to put themselves into the playoffs? And that's the that's the big question mark. I think that's why, you know, you tune into every single game to watch to see, you know, or, you know, who's going to come out tonight. And it's a grind and it's it's grueling and. You know, that's why these teams have question marks and that's why it's so hard to to make the playoffs and, and to progress, you know, to a Stanley Cup. Yep. Um, all right. I'll let you go with number five. Number five also might be a bit of a hot take. Uh, I have a team called the Pittsburgh Penguins in my fifth in the Metro. Uh, I, and, you know, listen, again, I usually try to be Mr. Even Keeled, but. I tried to do this just based off how do I really feel about these teams. And I think, yeah, I just don't like any of the moves Jim Rutherford made. Uh, I didn't understand the captain trade. I mean, yes, they're lucky enough in that they can cart, you know, as long as he stays healthy, you get a full season of Gensel and Crosby together, you know, glued to his hip. So that should be a good line. But yeah, I have quite like, you know, I just, the D is up, you know, they really look disjointed and bad against Montreal, a team they really should have on paper beat. I just, you know, they've moved on uh, from Matt Murray, but, you know, Tristan Jari, I just, I don't know. I'm like, he's probably a fine goaltender. I just don't, I just don't know. I don't like their bottom six depth, really. You know, mm-hmm. Latang is very long in the tooth, so all it takes is for him to just take a step back, and then they're in trouble because he's been very good for a, very, a long time, you know, and that's a credit to him, but he's another guy that struggles with injuries uh, some, at times. So, yeah, I just think everyone just kind of gets blinded by the fact that it's like, well, they're going to have Malkin and Crosby and Latang. It's like, yeah, but like, you know, unless you have those three guys on the ice, you know, at any moment, I just, everyone else, they lose a guy like, and it's a, it's a weird, it's like Patrick Hornquist is not the biggest needle mover for me, but he does a lot, you know, he's a vet and he played an important role in that team and he's kind of was part of the identity. And I just, yeah, I just look at their, you know, just taking a quick look at their roster. It's just, I don't know. It's just not much to make me go, you know, eh. it's like, yeah, Crosby, amazing. Malkin, amazing. Uh, obviously, uh, like I said, Jake Gensel's a very good player, especially when you attach him to Crosby's hit, but like, you just kind of look at Crosby. Not only is like his ability to stay healthy, but you look at his point totals the last few years and you're just like, Hmm, seems to be, trending downward you know but he's getting older it, it happens but it's just i don't know it is what it is i just think people get they get kind of get blinded by the prestige and the you know the, the three cups uh or excuse me the two cups you know a scant few years ago and they just kind of forget you know you look at how quickly uh chicago fell off and i just think this is kind of similar so I, that's why i have the penguins there yeah I'll, I'll try to keep this brief i had the pittsburgh penguins exactly in the same spot uh, I see the Penguins as um, a paint roller, man. You know, a few years ago, 
that was a nice fresh you know coat of paint that that roller was putting on but the paint is fading and i don't know how many you know times they're gonna you know keep rolling that brush and you know and and hope that it's covering the wall you know eventually there's you know the wall will will still be there and there'll be no more paint left to uh to paint over it and it's just going to be you know the the crosby and malkin show and you know crosby has injury problems you know malkin had some injury problems last year Latang sometimes you feel like he's made a glass even though he's so dominant so good uh goaltending is a huge question mark uh their defense I feel like are, is a huge question mark and their forward depth uh, I don't know again where it is like these teams you know I, again I think people are just looking at the Penguins and say well they're used to you know they're always at the top of the standing so they'll, they'll just be there one of these years they're not going to be there they're, you know I, I think the paint's dry I think you'll see them out of the playoffs this year I really do um, yeah. All right. So let's try to hurry up a little bit. I'll go uh, into more. Four. Hey, yeah. There's a number four. These are uh, the teams that are technically uh, making the playoffs, right? Yes. So yeah, this, okay. these are our four playoff teams. I have the Washington Capitals at number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably a little bit of surprise for a lot of people listening to the podcast. But uh, for me, I think they're just an older team. Uh, I think they're going to get out to a slow start. I think you're going to see a little bit of inconsistency, especially with goaltending. They're going to give up a lot of goals, and and I could see them uh, just finding uh, finding difficulties winning, stringing wins together. Uh, again, they're going to rely on Ovechkin to put up 50 goals this season. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know about this team. You know, they could they could yeah. be at the top of the standings, but again, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, no, I think that's a pretty. Uh it's a pretty close position to where I have them. Um, I think you're right. It's like they, if Ovechkin father time hasn't has, has is currently losing to Alex Ovechkin, but all it takes is one season where it's like, Oh, you know, maybe he's just, you know, he has lost a step or, and he only, <laughs> he only scores 35 goals and everybody's right. like, what's going on, you know? <laughs> but listen, I, I, they, I like, they, I do think they have some fresh motivation. They're going to have Laviolette. Who's a taskmaster. I think they feel, True. They feel a little embarrassed about what um, what transpired in the bubble, and that people are counting them out and saying that their time is over. You know, they won their cup, and now that was it. Uh, and they, yeah, they still have some good pieces. And I actually kind of like, you know, I look at that team, and on paper, I still kind of like it. I think they're still in a outside of their older guys. They still think they're maybe a little bit underrated in terms of their you know bottom six depth, uh, and especially also the, you know their decor is fine, it's perfectly average. Carlson is hasn't struggled to put up points at least although defensively he's not you know the most stout guy but they still I like some of their their uh back end guys so I actually had them uh, well I won't say yet but uh I guess I should just say in fourth I have uh the New York Hockey Rangers um I think the Rangers get in but I at the same time I just don't I think there's so much a lot has to go right for the Rangers to be a dominant team and and I think they can be but I just don't I don't know if that's realistic but at the same time with the trajectory they were on last year, the fact that they got better on paper, the fact that they at least have Lafreniere, that if, 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 you know, if every one of their young guys under the age of 25 takes one step forward, Buchnevich is the Buchnevich Quinn has been raving about now. Heedle is another year stronger. Howden's finally gets his head out of his ass. Uh, Fox is, you know, gets more ice time throughout the season. He doesn't have to, you know, work his way up, uh, Tony then gets only used in advantageous offensive situations for the team. 
Truba understands he just has to simplify and play the game he was brought into play and not so much try to like figure out, you know, what the team need, needs from him or try to change up what he's doing. And yeah, no, you know, if, if Jack Johnson doesn't sniff much ice time and you get consistent goaltending from uh, Shesterkin and Georgiev, which I know we can. Oh, and also Panarin and Mika don't take any, you know, even if they regress because they had crazy seasons that it's still, they're still like, top flight players. I just don't see, yeah, I, I don't see a way they're not at least uh, a, yeah, you know, they don't at least get in. So this is where I was comfortable having them. I just, that's where it kind of feels to me. I think they get in. I think that they get in right in that fourth slot, uh, you know, with maybe the potential demons finish third, but I, I just think realistically four is a good spot for them. And yeah, that's why. And yeah, listen, grain of salt, homerism, obviously, but uh, no, I think they get in at four. Yeah, I have him penciled in at three. Again, goaltending, check. Defenseman, question? Question mark, oh, yeah. <laughs> forwards, check. You know, I, I think they have the all-stars to, to put them over the top. I think they have a lot of depth now at the in the in the forward. I mean, question, question mark on the fourth line. Um, but, you know, overall, I really do think the Rangers figure it out this year. I think they'll have a new D-zone coverage uh, that will, you know, allow them to, you know, uh, not feel like they have to score five goals to win every game. Uh, I think they're going to beat up on the bottom feeders of this division, like the Sabres, the Islanders, the the Devils, um, the Penguins. And, you know, I think they, they'll find those struggles against the, the top tier teams in this division, which is normal. I think, uh, you know, what separates them from the Capitals, I think will only be a couple points and nothing crazy. I think they can beat the Capitals. So, and I think, I really do think that their goaltending depth is what put them over the top into a third place, surprising finish, uh, you know, surprising a lot of people. Um, all right. I'll jump into second overall. And obviously first, uh, second, I have the, the Boston Bruins finishing second again, tremendous team. I don't, I mean, they have everything good. I mean, everything is good uh, with them uh, getting rid of Chara Bergeron. Now the captain, they have the best line in hockey. God, uh, what can you say about this team? They'll they'll be competing for a Stanley Cup, and obviously this puts the Philadelphia Flyers at first. Philly, you know, regular season champions. Elaine Vigneault, a team that can play consistent offensive hockey all season long. I, I find it very difficult that this team, you know, uh, you know, falters at all. Uh, they'll be at the top of the standings for sure. I, I think they're very consistent. They're very good, especially another year with Carter Hart. And I think he'll figure out uh, his road troubles. Yeah, well said. I mean, I have uh, Washington in that third slot. I have Boston in that second slot. And then I have the Flyers in that first slot. And yeah, as far as, listen, we talked about the Capitals. As far as, uh, you know, Boston goes, like you said, uh, the only reason I had them second and not first is because, you know, as of right now, what Pasternak is going to miss some time. Right. And, or, and Marsh, you know, Pasternak had surgery and Marshan might miss the first few games, you know, bought, uh, well-deserved uh, Patrice Bergeron's going to don the C they, you know, Mac McAvoy's another year older and he was low key dominant last year. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be good. You know, especially you get an Amoy from Char, I think it's going to help him or whoever you put him with. So, yeah, they should still be good. I just think they might have some things that uh, ultimately hold them back from, you know, they're definitely capable of being the top team in the division, but, you know, just another year older. And 
even though they have some good depth and some guys I really like, uh, you know, they're going to be, some of their stars are going to miss some time and yeah, who knows Char leaving. That's a big void. So you don't know. And at certain times, you know, uh, you know, who knows how Halak's going to be, uh, excuse me. Yeah. Halak and Rask are going to be, uh, next season. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. They're, they're consistently good, but you look at some of the, their, between Lundquist and Crawford and just all the, the guys from that generation, the goaltenders, all like something, you know, they started falling off for either injuries or age or whatever. So you just don't know, you know, Rask to his credit has been excellent. You know, the last five years, he's been pretty consistent. So he can definitely do it again, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if it holds him back a little, but Halak is also a good, uh, you know, the Halakness monster, the Halakness monster. And yeah, same thing with Philly. Uh, I just think they're the team that has a chip. They haven't won a cup. You know, their last time sniffing it was when they lost to Chicago in the final a few years ago. Uh, obviously, they, they had a pretty good run in the play-ins, but um, wasn't enough, you know. Uh, but they're definitely, they. I think they have something to prove. And they're, I think their core is just in that sweet spot where they have the good mix of like 20, you know, 25-year-old guys and closer to 30-year-old guys between your Couturiers. You know, and listen, Nolan Patrick looks like he's finally going to be over his, his uh, you know, his... Uh, I forget it was, it was not concussion related, but it, it might've been stemmed from that, but he's had like vertigo, like symptoms and yeah. And they got, you know, Oscar, uh, Limblom back, right? Not Limblom, excuse me. Um, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Is that his name? Yeah. Limblom. Yes. So they got him back, you know, after his battle with, uh, uh, was it carcinoma last year with uh, yeah. cancer and which is a great story. So they're going to be fired up for that. And as much as I hate to admit it, you know, they, even though he might be a little overpaid, Kevin Hayes does help them at least play in their their you know their middle six play so yeah i just think on paper they're definitely but you know it listen the playoffs are a different animal and hopefully av can well not hopefully but you know i i'm i doubt av can learn from some of his mistakes it's it's clear that again adjustments is just not his deal he's not interested in doing it so but listen we'll see and carter hart who has actually as a for a younger goaltender has acquitted himself quite well uh he's another year you know, maybe another year of experience under. So I think they can be the top team in the East, but uh, we'll see, you know, we say these and then we will probably, I'm sure we'll at the end of the year, we'll compare what we had and we might just be like, well, we were way off on that one, but we could also hit the nail on the head. Yeah. uh, Very well said. Um, But I think this wraps up this, uh, you know, this podcast. And again, uh, if you have any, any beef with where we have our standings and where your team may may land? I'm, I'm sure most of you are Ranger fans, and you can even tell us where you think they'll end up in the in the uh, standings at the end of the year. Um, you can comment on our Twitter page at Broadway Boys Pod. And again, please give us a follow. And uh, Andy, any last closing words? Yeah. So obviously, when we post, I'm going to post the. Uh... You'll, on our Twitter page, if you're listening to this, we'll have the official graphic with both of James and I's picks. Uh, and like you said, if you have take umbrage with anything or you want to add anything, you know, be sure to comment on that post. Uh, I, I mentioned it at the end of last time, but if you somehow are listening to this and you don't see these episodes, new episodes popping up in your, uh, uh, if you've subscribed to us on like Apple Podcasts, on Apple, we have a new RSS feed, so it kind of made a new page. Or we had to put a new page because it's a different RSS feed because we switched uh, servers. So yeah, uh, if you're if you you think you haven't seen 
this podcast, our new podcast pop up on the one you already were subscribed to, just look for Broadway Boys Pod. Uh, you can even like search Broadway Boys and there might be duplicates, but it should be the same graphic and same logo. But you'll see uh, episodes for season two listed for where we will be from now on. So subscribe to that. And again, I will always link uh, the podcast mentioned on our Twitter page at Broadway Boys Pod. So thank you everyone much for listening to us. Uh, one more, our our next episode drops Thursday morning before uh, uh, the first game of the season. So yeah, um, by then we should have more info from how these scrimmages goes and some lineup decisions based on what David Quinn and uh, our beat writers have told us. And well, yes, get ready because it's it's coming. And uh, I'm I mean I don't know about you james but uh man i'm so ready and if only they could just get us more than a potato phone video i'd be more ready but i digress we'll see you all on thursday thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at broadway boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud or the hockey podcast network.com you're listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey Podnet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.